Turn with me to Jeremiah 18. It's a very, very familiar scripture. I preached this here a couple times. Actually, the very first time I preached on this passage of scripture, not when I'm preaching today, but the very first time, uh, it's actually the very first message that Evangelistic Outreach put on their website of mine back in 2001. And so that's, uh, that's been a long time ago. Jeremiah 18. Jeremiah 18. Just warn you, I, I was up about every half hour in the middle, in the night, just excited. I couldn't wait to get here today. I, so that could be good or bad. There's no stopwatch up here. It's broke. So we're just minding the Lord today. I'm glad I'm in his hands. Amen. <laughs> Woo. Jeremiah 18, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought, or that word just simply means made, a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hands, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. You catch what he said? As the clay is in the potter's hands, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. I'm in his hands. <laughs> I'm in his hands. You've heard, and I know a lot of this is elementary to you all, and you've heard it before, but this is what the Lord has laid upon my heart for today. Jeremiah getting this vision from God and, and actually tell, God telling him and commanding him, I want to show you how much I love my people and I want to show you how much I, what I want to do for them by showing you an example from the world. And so he says, go down to this potter's house and while you're there, I want you to observe what the potter is doing with the clay. And as you observe this process that he's going through, I want you to understand this same process is how I'm going to deal with my people. And, and the most important thing, and this is, again, I'm going to be referring to this a lot so you'll understand the title of the message by the end of it. But I want you to notice every step of the process, you're always in the hands of the potter. <laughs> and that's great news this morning because you know what that means? We're never out of his hands. We're always right there. He's leading us and guiding us and shaping us and forming us. And I'm so thankful today for the, 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 that encouragement that we have and that promise that we have that he, he, he still, I quote it so often, but he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. No matter what area of life you're in today, whether you're just starting school, whether you're graduating high school, whether you're graduating college, whatever you're facing today as a senior saint, as a middle age, as a young married couple, hallelujah, we are in his hands. And we're going to get right into the heart of the message today. I want you to notice four things about this passage and about the potter and about being in his hands. Number one, I want you to notice the potter's mission, the potter's mission. The potter just don't sit down to the wheel and just randomly make something out of clay. 
when he puts that lump of clay down on the wheels, he has something in his mind that he wants to make. And, and, and here's the key. What he is making is something that will be of value and will be able to be used. And so the need is there. And so the potter must supply the need. And what he does, he has a mission in mind. And the mission is this. I am going to make a vessel out of this lump of clay. And I and listen, and I know and we don't like to hear this. And this is a kind of combining two points. But we are just lumps of clay this morning. May I remind you that we are nothing without him. But I want you to understand this. When he made you, when he formed you in the belly of your mother's womb, he had a mission in mind. And that mission was this. I have a need. And the need is this. I have a need to spread my goodness and my gospel across this world. And the way I'm going to do it is to use you. The greatest need of all is that men know that Jesus can save. Jesus can heal and Jesus is there and the only way the world is going to know it is if he uses us unworthy vessels. Aren't you glad today that he looks at us and sees potential. He sees something that he can use. Every one of us today have a mission and have a perfect will. There's a perfect will of God. And there's the accepted will of God. And when God formed us in our mother's womb, he had a perfect will. And listen, here's the number one perfect will. It's his will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You cannot expect to be successful in life without the, uh, with, with skipping the first step. The first step in your life should be this. I'm going to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And there's no problem with setting goals. There's no problem with having things in life, regardless of what age you are. I believe every day of your life, you should set a goal to at least accomplish something. And sometimes we can forget. And sometimes us as parents and sometimes us as grandparents and sometimes us as peers, we want to tell are those that are coming up and those that are around us what the goals they should be having. But listen, I would be a terrible preacher and a terrible pastor if I didn't tell you there is no goal more worthy than this and that is to make Jesus the Lord of your life. It's not his will that anybody in here die lost and go to hell. It's his will that every one of you be saved and it's his mission. It was his mission when he left the throne. Hallelujah, I feel the Lord this morning. It was his mission when he left the throne and hung on the cross of Calvary. His mission was to die just for you to be saved. And hallelujah, I'm glad I'm saved this morning. His mission is to make a vessel. That's his mission. That vessel could be a number of things. But ultimately his vessel was to make something a vessel that could be used. And that's his mission in your life. I may not get past the first or second point, but that's his mission. Every one of you today, every one of you, regardless of your age, every one of you, God has a specific mission and a purpose for your life. 
And when he puts you on the wheel, he says, I'm going to make a preacher out of this one. I'm going to make a Sunday school teacher out of this one. I'm going to make an educator out of this one. I'm going to, I'm going to make a doctor out of this one. He has a specific will in mind for you. And listen, when you find that perfect will, when you find that purpose that God has placed in your life after you've been saved, but after he calls you into something and after he forms you into specific occupation, there is no greater joy in all the world than to know that you're in the middle of the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Feels good this morning, doesn't it? Some of you just woke up. Praise the Lord. Late night for some of you, I know. His mission is to make something, it's to, his purpose is to make something a vessel. But notice the material, the potter's material. What's he have to work with? Clay. Now we thank clay and we think, oh yeah, that's, that's where they take that, that clay and they, they throw it down on the wheel and they start to form it. That's about a fourth of the way through the process to get to that point. <laughs> you ever, you, do you know how he gets the clay? <laughs> you hang on a second. Here's how he gets the clay. Clay is just mud. Clay is just dirt. Didn't he form man out of the, thank you, A plus. He formed man out of the dust of the earth. Amen. The psalmist said that we are dust. <laughs> and so in order to get this clay out of the ground, he has to go and get dirty in order to get the mud and the clay that he needs to use. Aren't you thankful that the potter don't send somebody else to go and get the clay? He goes ahead and comes down in the mess and gets the clay out of there. Come on, If you haven't caught on yet, the psalmist David said, he inclined unto me and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of the horrible pit. Oh, there's more. Out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my going. Hallelujah. He got down in the clay with us in the mess of our sin and brought us up out of there. Hallelujah. But you just don't take the clay and the dirt and the mud out of the ground and put it on the wheel. It's not ready. Remember, he's got a mission. And the mission is to make something. And you can't make something out of something that isn't ready to be made. And so what he'll do is, hold on a minute. There's visible impurities when you take it out of the ground. There's sticks, there's rocks, there's debris. And so the potter, (laughs) he can see something inside that dirt that no one else can see. And so what he does is he has to remove everything that don't look like clay. 
Hallelujah. I feel the Lord this morning. And he'll take those sticks. He'll take the rocks. He'll take the debris out. And he'll form that mud ball up. And you say, well, it must be ready now. Oh, no. It's not even halfway ready. You say, what's he do now? I'm so glad you asked. He goes and finds a well of water. Woo, glory to God. He goes and finds some running water. It can't be stagnant water. It can't be a pool of water. It's got to be running water. And he'll stick those balls of clay down in that running water. And what the potter could see with his eyes, he was able to remove. But there's some impurities down deep inside that clay that if he would put it right on the wheel, it would bust. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't make anything of value. So what he does is he puts it in running water. I'm about ready to preach right now. He puts it in running water. And what the running water does, it removes all the impurities that are on the inside of the clay. Hallelujah, glad the potter just don't put us on the wheel right from the ground hallelujah no hallelujah the water of his word and the precious blood cleanses us from all sin and listen you'll never be used until you're clean from the inside out you can come to this altar this is old fashioned preaching here now you can come to this altar and pray till you feel good I ain't interested in you feeling good. I'm interested, are your sins forgiven? I'm interested, are you cleansed from the inside? And I understand, listen, when we're cleansed from the inside, then the outside will be clean too. And sometimes it takes the spirit talking to some of us to let us know that we're not, that we should be a great representation of the Holy Spirit. Because when he cleans us, man look on the outward appearance, God look upon the heart. So when men look at you, they ought to see a vessel that God is using for his glory. He cleanses us from the inside out. And you say, Brian, he must be able to use it now. Oh no. <laughs> what he does is he puts it aside. And he waits until he needs a specific vessel in order to be used. And when that vessel is done and then he takes it out from uh, where all those other mud balls are at, those clay balls are at. And he takes that material and then he begins to put it on the wheel. So we see his mission. We see his material. And now we see his methods. Remember, have we left his hands at any time? We're still in his hands. Now think about it. We're the clay. He's the potter. The wheels. Notice he said wheels. There's a reason why there's two wheels on a potter's wheel. I know I just, that's confusing, right? We don't call them potter's wheels. but we call them a potter's wheel because that's one instrument. But there's two wheels to make one wheel. Yeah, I graduated at one time. <laughs> so there's a bigger wheel on top where the clay goes. And then there's a wheel at the bottom where his feet spin the wheel. So at every point in time, while the clay is on the wheel, 
He's controlling how fast it spins. The wheel represents the circumstances of life. The wheel represents life in general. Have you ever been involved in life when you're spinning out of control and it feels like you can't hold on any longer? Can I remind you? You're still in his hands. And his foot is on the wheel. He knows how fast you can go and he knows how slow it should be. Hallelujah. But never forget, he is always in control. Someone needs to hear that today. The potter is always in control. He's in control. Life cannot be so great that it gets so overwhelming that it will encompass you. Why? Because, hallelujah, Satan is not the author and the controller of life. The only one that is, is the potter. Hallelujah. And he's in control. Glory to God. He's in control today. He's in control. He sees everything that happens to you before it gets to you. And he knows how much you can take. He knows how much you can handle. That's right, Ernestine, come on. Hallelujah. He knows how much you can handle. He puts it on the wheels. He starts to spin it. And in his mind, this is gonna be a vase. This is gonna be a plate. This is gonna be a bowl. He just don't start forming and letting the clay tell him what he wants to be. He says, no, I'm gonna form it and shape it to what I want you to be. We don't tell God. We don't command God and tell him, this is what I wanna do with my life. This is what I want to be. This is the job I want to have. This is how much money I want to make. This is the one I want to marry. We don't tell God anything. You just ask a few people that have told God this is what I want and see where they're at now. Oh yeah, they, 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 may, have, they may have money. They may have the things of this world. But if you really get down to it and ask them, do you have peace in your heart? I'll say, no, I'm up late at night. I'm, always, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, 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 I'm anxious. I'm, I'm depressed. You know why? Because you never let God form you. If I have any advice for graduating seniors, always let God form you into what he wants for your life. You may not understand it. You say, well, how do I know? This is the question. This is the question every senior wants to know. How do I know what God wants for my life? You want to know the great theological answer? You'll just know. And you say, I don't understand. You will. It doesn't mean you sit back and you do nothing. No, you, you keep progressing. You keep doing what God, what, what, the way you feel God wants you to go. Most of the time, I don't know why I'm headed this way, but this feels good. Most of the time when God's forming us, he never shows us the end of the road. He just shows us the next step. And when you're allowing God to form you, 
If you got peace about the next step, that's all you need. Because the truth of the matter is, you may never get to the end of the road. That's why he never, that's why God never unveils the end of the parade. Because if he did, then none of us would ever walk by faith. But when you're being formed, you have to have faith that the potter knows what he's doing. And look around, there's a lot of vessels here that God has formed and shaped and fashioned. We had no idea when we got on the wheel that we would be what we are, but hallelujah, I'm so glad I'm still in his hands. He forms us, the methods. He puts us on the wheel, he begins to spin. And in his mind, he knows what he's gonna make. And then he puts his hands on that clay. I'm sure many of you have seen videos and they st- the process of making pottery is still the same today as it was back in Bible times, back in Jeremiah's time, still the same. Continuously adding water can never be formed without the water. You say, what's the water? The word of God. So how do I know what I, what God wants for my life, it's, it's right here. Don't ever go a day without being formed by his word. He puts his hands and then slowly spins the wheel and increasing the speed, he begins to form and fashion what he wants to make. He'll start with the outside and then at some point in time, he'll stick his hands and fingers down on the inside and begin to form the inside of the walls. But it, you notice what it said? And I, this, I, this will be a, a big series of messages, but I'm just hitting the highlights. It says the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. I was reading an account a few days ago of a gentleman that wanted to see this firsthand, what Jeremiah was talking about. And he was over in, in that area. I believe it's, I think it's Hebron where the potters are at. I may be wrong on that, but I think it's Hebron. And so he went over and began to watch. And he said it was, he watched him make several vessels and everything just turned out perfectly. He said, but I wanted to see firsthand what it meant for a vessel to be marred. He said, and then I saw it. He said he was trying to bring it up and the clay just warped. And he would try it again and it would just warp. And, and he said there was something wrong. It, it wasn't, listen, this is what he said. And you'll notice it in the Bible. It wasn't the potter's fault. There was something wrong with the clay. And he said, I saw that potter bring that, whatever the vessel was, it was almost complete, but he noticed there was a imperfection in it. And he said, all of a sudden he went, smash that clay down. And he thought, that's it. He's done. He's going to throw it away. And he said, you know what the potter did? 
he just threw some more water on it and started spinning the wheel again. And he got in there just a little bit closer. And he started forming that clay again. He said he didn't give up on it. He didn't give up on it. He just kept applying the pressure and kept forming it and kept forming it until he made it what he wanted it to be. May I remind you, we are full of imperfections. We are full of defects. Can we just be honest? Since we've been saved, some of us have actually sinned. I am guilty. And it may take a little bit of uh, (laughs) chastisement. But aren't you thankful we just don't take the lump and just throw it out? He just puts the water back on and begins to form it. The methods, the material, the mission. But finally, and Howard come, finally notice the miracle. He said, Brian, what's the miracle in all this? Well, if you haven't caught on, it's pretty simple. That he can make something out of me. And that he can make something out of you. We are nothing but worthless pieces of dirt. But yet he looked and saw something that could be used for his glory. Isn't that a miracle? Some of y'all ain't ain't shouting, but I look at you and I'm thinking that's a big miracle right there that he could use them. And I'm turning the mirror here. I've messed up. I've failed him. I've sinned. I'm ashamed of the things I've done. And yet he said, I want to use you. What a miracle. What a miracle. If you've never experienced that miracle, this is a great op- opportunity for you to come and be put on the wheel. If you're still out in the field, in the mud, in the mire, and you need rescued out of there, let the potter take you out of there. Start a new life. He wants to make something new out of you, and you can make that. It can happen today if you just let him be the potter in your life. And remember, I'm still in his hands. <laughs>